Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for mankind. All right, we are rolling. Phone's on silent, everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Make sure you get close to that mic when you talk to it or whatever. I'm having to sniffle, so do you want to lead this one? Sure. Welcome to the Tipsy Sterling Podcast. Today we're doing episode 9 of season 1, entitled Perchance to Dream. Today we've got a special guest. Or, I guess first off, I'm Rudy Ruiz again. I'm Kidar Foster. And we've got a special guest today. What's Woo! your name, special guest? My name is Malia Molina. What, what? Woo! <laughs> That's what's up. So Malia is a very good old friend of mine. <laughs> I, know, so I know, I'm being super awkward. No, it's great. So, anyway, I haven't seen you in a while. I know. So, Malia's a good friend of mine. She is an actress. She is a makeup artist. Mm. She is a writer, I think. Sure. Editor. <laughs> yeah. She is yeah. an editor. Multi-hyphenate. Wow. Multi-hyphenate, I suppose. Yeah. She does a web series called Macabre Mondays. Now, Malia, tell us about Macabre Mondays. Yeah, it's a really dope title. So, Macabre Mondays is basically my weird little love child of drunk history meets Elvira. So, basically, I love historic locations where heinous crimes have been committed or is suspected of paranormal activity. I am not a ghost hunter. I do not hunt ghosts. You won't find me running around with an EVP. <laughs> but I will run my ass around a building, whether I sneak into it or go in there allowed or not and then i will talk about it while drinking a lot of wine i love this oh my god i want to be on the show oh my god all right <laughs> i'm gonna so take good. you up on that oh my god first guest on my show Woo. yeah it's pretty dope that and rudy amazing. has actually shot some episodes for me so hey now cinematographer extraordinaire wow. that's me now you took a trip to sydney australia mm -hmm. for your web series tell us about that so I was contacted to be one of the international speakers for Paracon, which is the paranormal conference in Australia. I was super excited. I was going to talk about my five favorite haunted locations in California. And then 14 hours into my first flight, which was 16 hours, I get a text saying that, and I quote, it said, you might see in transit that the conference has been canceled. This is correct. I'll explain when you get here. So there's no calming yourself down when you're already in a tin can in the sky for that many hours. And mind you, the girl next to me in my original seat almost OD'd next to me. So I had to be moved. It was a shitty flight. What the it fuck? Was, it was, I was in the fucking twilight zone. It was not a joke. So, yeah. So I ended up just having, instead of two days on my own in Sydney... I had six, so I just ran my ass around that town in a non-sexual way that sounded sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't judging you. I was like, oh, hey, I would have actually made money instead of lost money, so Woo! maybe I should have. There it is. prostitution is legal there. Really? Starting oh. in 1979. There it is. I know. Here comes there the history. All right, kayak.com, <laughs> yeah, here I come. <laughs> Book on a flight. Damn, coming in hot. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. At least you got to go to Sydney. That's pretty tight. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they cut you that check soon. Yeah, ASAP. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who books anybody for any sort of reason, keep it pro. 
Like, mind you, I remember you telling me you were going on this trip many, many months ago. Uh-huh. Like, a long time like ago. Like a year it's been yeah. in the works. man. And then halfway into your flight there, they dropped the, oh, yeah, this isn't happening anymore. Sorry. Godspeed. Well, the saddest thing is, is I had it easiest because I bought the Wi-Fi on the plane, so I found it in transit. The two other international speakers found out when they landed. Fuck. I would have rioted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have burned some shit down. Like, no. Yeah. Nope. Damn. Mm -hmm. Well, all right. Here we go. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you for being with us. So, dear listeners, we thank you so much. Uh, We finally have a listener letter. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) After making jokes about it, we actually received one. Uh, You can send us uh, feedback at the tspod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. So, our first listener letter is from Anonymous, and it reads as follows. Hello, hosts. That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) You start a letter with our names, damn it. All right. I'm enjoying the podcast. It fits very well in a random commute time. Here are a few questions I have for the host and guest host, if applicable. Thank you for that. Number one. Which iteration of the Twilight Zone is your personal favorite? Rudy? For sure, the original. I have to agree, although I've only seen maybe three episodes of the 80s revival, and I did not enjoy them at all. I actually haven't seen the 80s revival. I keep forgetting that that was a thing. I've only yeah. seen the 2000s one, Forrest Whitaker, that's whatever. Oh, I haven't seen Twilight Zone belongs in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> yeah. I've only seen the original because I don't waste time on bullshit. Woo! Coming in hot. Coming, coming in hot. <laughs> hot takes on a 1959 series. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So we all agree. Original series. OG. Yep. Yeah. No time for substitutes. All right. Question two from our listener. On a scale from one to nuclear holocaust, just how terrible is the corn introduction for the 2000s iteration of the show? Also, if you say you like it, I will stop listening. Oh, wow. Oof. I, I would say we just listened to that corn iteration <laughs> a did. few minutes ago. Um, that I would rather. <laughs> Where's this going? I don't know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought something clever was going to come to mind, but it's not happening. You'd rather scrape your skin with bread? I'd, I'd rather have a dream so scary that it kills me. Interesting. Wow. All right. I see what you wow. did there. All right. Um, I'm going to say the song isn't as terrible as I thought it would be, but it's also not good. We're traveling to another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. I mean, I'd rather just be a cannibal. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like it. Didn't cannibal like Holocaust. It. Okay. <laughs> That's the option. Yeah, we'll throw a Cannibal Holocaust podcast. Record. You still haven't seen that movie, though, have mm-hmm. you? I'm not. I'm not quite ready because I'm thinking about changing that lifestyle. I'm not sure. Mm, we should do like you're movie, ready. We should do a movie podcast where we just do movies. All right. Maybe. So, <laughs> um, question three from our listener: What are your thoughts on the Jordan Peele helmed revival that's in the works? I'll say I'm uh, cautiously excited because I. Not that I don't have faith in Jordan Peele. I'm just 
when the landscape is full of Black Mirror and uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, it's like I'm not even sure there's a space for this kind of series to to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, it have to. Be, I think it would have to be something really radical and edgy and not for prime time and just completely blow everything else out the water. It's, I mean, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I think you're right that there isn't really, there might not be room for that mm-hmm. in the, the realm of Black Mirror and all that. I'm afraid to watch Black Mirror. Which you still haven't me, seen Black Mirror? Yeah, I'm afraid to watch oh it. Oh my god. Based on everything I've heard. First two seasons. So it, so it sounds like that's already the radical kind of, mm-hmm. like we're already there. So, I don't know. And we said this again though, like Get Out was very much a Twilight Zone-ish yeah. episode. So yeah. he's got that streak, but... To carry a full series, I don't know, man. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, there's already other content that's similar, but upping the ante for yeah. today's audiences. So I don't know. He's also working on an HP Lovecraft project, mm. so I'm like interested to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know. I think it'd be really hard to be original at this point. Mm. And if he did, I completely agree with you guys. It would have to be, I think not politically correct at all and just and say and like really playing on those scary things that mm. we don't want to address i think that's when where you'll get the kind of fear because otherwise i think you're just gonna you're gonna be black mirror or I don't, i'm just such a nostalgic person i feel like the original twilight zone like you can't improve on that in my in my opinion like just do a different thing like black mm. mirror is a different thing like twilight zone was its thing we don't need another one yeah, yeah. they try twice yeah, yeah, and they both did not. <laughs> yeah, their the proof is in the pudding. We're traveling to another dimension. Now that you've effectively scared Jordan Peele away from our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, um, anonymous letter writer. We really appreciate you writing in, and uh, we look forward to hearing more feedback from our wonderful, beautiful listeners. Or you might not be beautiful, you might be ugly and horrendous, but we still love you too. So come on, write us. Because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Ah, ah I don't Hear get that, it. ladies? I don't get it. For centuries, shaman and other miracle workers have used herbs, tonics, and libations to facilitate their entry into other realities. Ladies and gentlemen, take a sip with us and enter the zone. So, yo, it's summertime. It's hot as fuck, man. I don't say that AF shit because that's fucking stupid. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> so, got I'm telling, I'm telling my friend Kidar here, I'm like, yo, I'm going to go get uh, Ballast Point Watermelon Dorado because you it's an IPS watermelon. watermelon. I love them both. It's really good. I'm thinking it's going to be a good idea. I go to the store. I see Belching Beaver, Deftones, Deftones! Bride, which came out a year ago. A year ago when I was on tour doing something unrelated to film stuff i um we went to this belching beaver brewery and they had just released this so i'm like oh you know what? i'll get this it's been a year it's really good phantom bride should be cool i go to check it out then homeboy at the register is like yo have you tried the new one they just released a few days ago the digital bath i was like nah he's like it's super good it's a hazy ipa i was like shit all right i'm gonna go buy it so i went and now we're doing a double whammy oh excuse me Burping. Oh, geez, sorry. <laughs> that was that no. makes it authentic. It's fine. Of Deftones Phantom Bride and Deftones Digital Bath, Woo! both by Belching Beavers. So you guys yes. go ahead and crack one. Go for it. All right. If you've never listened to a Deftones album, first of all, who hurt you and what's wrong with your life? And second of all, go listen to all of them. I'm sure they're all right. So this is a 
New Jesus England Christ. style. Hold on. <laughs> Damn it, Chino. I'm just, you know, shotgunning this real quick. <laughs> yeah. So let me read the back here. Yes. Apparently this is a hazy IPA, which has been very popular. I was trying to research what makes an IPA hazy, but just gonna we, ask were that. we were talking a lot, so I never got to the answer. I'll okay, answer so you didn't do research for the podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Sorry. We get it. We were talking. We were catching up. I haven't seen the lead in a long time. <laughs> anyway, this is from the back of the can. Our fourth collaboration with Deftones is as smooth. It is a smooth and juicy New England style IPA. Being as big of fans of the style as we are, the band was looking for something loaded with citrus notes for the summer. We powered up this 8-bit hazy brew with Nelson, Galaxy, Mosaic, and Citra. Then add in Simcoe cryo hops for that extra hop ba-bomb. Ba-bomb? Huh. Ba-bomb. Yeah. Nice. Uh, here we go. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I dig that. You know, even if I hated it, I'd still say I loved it because I love the Deftones. <laughs> That's good. Definitely citrusy. Mm-hmm. I understand. Hoppy. Just the right amount, I guess. And it's clocking in at what? Like 6.5 ABV, I think. It feels <laughs> less sharp than the other IPAs that we've had. Does that, yeah, that make I'd, sense? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. It's super limey. Yeah, a bit. A little bit. Yeah. Man. Oh, named after a great song on the White Pony album, FYI. I, I'm sorry, it's like my favorite, man. Oh, no, that's good, yeah. <laughs> Throw them in there, man. Throw them if in there. you love the Deftones, go out and see them on tour, buy their merch, because they uh, have a lot of critical acclaim, but they don't have huge album sales like other bands of their ilk, so they need to have uh, merchandise sold and tour tickets sold. Wow. And if you yeah. are in the Deftones, then throw us a shout-out. Because... Oh, my God. Chino, Steph, Abe, Sergio, hit us up. Come on the podcast. We'd love it. We'd love it. Thank you, Deftones. Yeah, shot my, nice. shoot my shot at the Deftones. <laughs> also, Belching Beavers. Throw us up. Oh, thank you, Belching Beaver. Yeah, sponsored by Belching yeah. Beaver. <laughs> 12 o'clock noon. An ordinary scene in ordinary city. Lunchtime for thousands of ordinary people. To most of them, this hour will be a rest, a pleasant break in the day's routine. To most, but not all. To Edward Hall, time is an enemy. And the hour to come is a matter of life and death. All right. So we're here to talk about Perchance to Dream, the f- season one, episode nine of the original Twilight Zone series, directed by Robert Flory, featuring music by Nathan Van Cleve. Original air date, November 27th, 1959. Were either of you born in 1959? I would never tell if I was. Oh, so I like your style. Mm. All right. Episode nine. Perchance to dream. So we follow Don Barzini. I call him that because he was in The Godfather as Don Barzini. I forgot his name. Uh, is um, it like, like Walker or something like Elton Walker or something? Probably. Yeah, Ed, I feel like Ed, that was right. Ed Walker, yeah. Ed. Yeah. I think Ed, Ed sounds correct. <laughs> so first, let me give you the, the basic uh, synopsis here. I don't remember him from The Godfather because I don't remember seeing The Godfather. I know I watched all three, but it just didn't stick with me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, The but. Godfather is really good. And some say that the second one's better. I don't know if I've I agree heard with that. that. So, I know this actor from a movie called Deep's Highway. Edward Hall, that's awesome. his name. Mm. So, 
Edward Hall visits the psychiatrist, Dr. Elliot Rathman, that was recommended by his doctor, and he explains that he is extremely tired since he has not slept for many days. Edward believes that if he sleeps, he will die, and explains that he is dreaming in chapters with the evil Maya, the Catwoman that will kill him in his next nightmare. So anyway, more like yeah, Black Swan. <laughs> so we get some cool close-ups of this dude. He goes into the doctor's office. He's super tired. Whatever. Um, I okay, don't okay, remember. Okay. The doctor you're, recommends you're skipping him. Skipping shit. You're skipping shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me talk about this because <laughs> I told you this fucking episode had me losing my goddamn mind. Good. All right, so the guy is outside the building of the therapist's office. That's okay? right. Okay, and, and he's he looking at the rotating door. That's right. And he's having down. all this fucking anxiety about going through that door. And I feel it because I've been there. I hate those doors. It drives me crazy. I literally let people go through before oh, I go through. And I, like, count. It's, like, one of my fears to, like, get caught in that door. So right from the beginning of the episode, I was in. So I just wanted to say that. Anxiety is real. <laughs> I feel like off the bat, they were trying to give us some like hypnotic hypnosis moments because I was getting dizzy as fuck watching that thing. And I'm like, mm. okay, this is interesting. Like, is this going to be a trancey thing? So off the bat, to me, they are playing with that idea. And then as soon as they go in this like, like the, the shrink's office, I'm like, oh, we're definitely going down this path. <laughs> right. Definitely going down this path. <laughs> Sorry, I was getting to, like try to tell her to get closer to the mic. <laughs> I was getting super strong Hitchcock vibes from the exterior of that building with all the people passing by. Yep. And then uh, him going into that building, and then that weird pan where they like showed the top of the building. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, I'm getting like crazy Hitchcock vibes. And um, if you ever seen that movie, The Fountainhead, like the end of that movie, they have this thing where they, she takes the elevator straight up to the building, and it's like almost the same shot. And I was just like. Boom! Movie references. Hmm. Hmm. Yep, yep. I didn't like that it was so off-center, though, when they looked up. Because it seemed like it wasn't intentional. Right. It didn't feel intentional to me. It just felt off. And there was, like, a big difference in my mind. Because it was a little bit off-kilter. It wasn't level. Like, there was all these things I'm looking at. I'm Mm. like, this bothers me. Why does this bother me? Because I want to like this shot. Yeah. They always say that in filmmaking, too. If you're going to do something like a Dutch angle, or if you're going to do some something that's kind of out of the order are you okay Rudy? you're dying i'm okay i'm okay <laughs> i've never seen you so put out <laughs> I'm okay. but yeah they say if you're gonna you know if you're gonna do something out of the ordinary uh in your composition or in your filmmaking do it with intention so that the audience knows that it is purposeful and it's not a mistake so that kind of goes to what you're saying like you could tell right away it wasn't exactly perfect yeah it didn't it didn't quite hit the mark for me understood understood so he goes into the doctor's (laughs) he goes into the doctor's office and he's like yeah i was recommended by my other doctor blah 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 they're talking about some nonsense here's the moment that told me exactly how this was gonna end uh this doctor's because it's a therapist doctor it's Mm -hmm. not you know like a medical i don't know so he lays on that little couch that they have so mm-hmm. you can talk to him. And the lights, like, one of the lights dims right. down and comes right back up. And then he opens his eyes again and he gets up to talk mm-hmm. to the doctor. And he's like, yeah, I've just been having these nightmares. Man, I'm so tired. I haven't slept in, like, four days. days. Four, four days. Four days, yeah. he's, four days um, and four nights. And the, yeah, he hasn't, you should keep going. I, I'm, I'm going to miss so many details. <laughs> the funny part is that I, I saw that lighting change, but it, 
completely past my brain. Like, I didn't understand. I thought maybe it was an accident. I didn't know what the hell was actually happening or what it was signifying. The, yeah, that the light dimming told me the ending. Uh, I knew exactly what the ending see, was. See, what I knew the ending was, was when he was in the office and there was a secretary, I had a feeling, like, halfway through the episode that that woman was going to be the secretary. Like, I just, I felt that. See, mm-hmm. I still, she, to me, still makes no sense. So I'd love to hash that out. Loud. Okay. <laughs> because, but what I also think is funny, and it, what I love is when you're watching shows like this or movies from the 50s and 60s, because it's such a time marker is he gets up and he's like, oh, I haven't slept. And that, the psychiatrist or therapist or whatever, like, hands him the cigarette and is, like, lighting it for him. Like, let me just fucking light this <laughs> yeah. up for you, man. Like, you need this. Right, <laughs> like, that's that would... Mad Men flavor. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's just drink all day yeah. and smoke. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that, in regards to that specifically, must have been a pretty cool time. Yeah. Um, Except for everyone dying 10 years later of, like, lung cancer. Yeah, but did they yeah. though? Because like they're still around. Like our gra- like our parents' generation, oh, yeah. they don't all have secondhand smoke yeah. lung cancer. They just built them hardier. They're built better. Yeah, yeah th- this is pre Pacific pre Pacification pre Pacification of the American. Didn't we talk I, I about you, this in I a previous to, episode? Maybe I used to say well, and I got this from I think George Carlin. I used to say. Pacification of the American male, but now just pacification of the everybody. American. <laughs> of, of, of it's everybody. equality. Yeah. Yeah, at least we got that the same. Anyway, so, I mean, not much details going with him talking to this dude. He goes, he opens the window. He's, like, looking down. Like, that's a long way down. Mm-hmm. More Hitchcock, and then, vertigo. Yeah, and then homeboy, the doctor, comes. He's like, let me close that for you. And he's like, oh, you think I'm going to jump doctor? He's like, no, I just, whatever. Um, talks to him about some shit. And he's like, all right, let me explain my dream. Like, I'm on this carnival, and now we well, get to like. Oh, well, and before part? he was like, "You thought I was gonna jump," and he's like, "You mind?" He's like, "No, you got it all wrong. I'm trying to stay alive. Yeah, like that's the whole thing. He's like, I'm not trying to die. He's like, I'm a man who wants to live. Yeah, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I just needed some air. Right. It was also in that uh, beginning part. It reminded me of a movie called DOA, which is like kind of a B film noir. And the opening of that movie is this guy, and he's all fucked up, and he's poisoned. And he, like, makes his way into a police station, and then he says, I'd like to report a crime. And they say, what's the crime? And he said, I want to report a murder. And they say, well, who's been murdered? And he says, me. And then, like, that's the beginning of the movie. Mm. And I kind of had some of that vibes in there with this guy, like, going into the office and being all fucked up, like, good. I mean, <laughs> all right. I, I watch a lot of film noir. So. <laughs> yep. so, now he starts telling them about his dreams and all that, and... It takes place in, the, and he explains to him. I remember we already covered this. Basically, he has a heart condition. Like his heart's weak. If he gets too excited, he's gonna have a heart attack. He's gonna fucking die. Yeah. So he's having these dreams, and there's this lady that's like terrorizing him and getting him all excited. And so he's trying to stay awake because he knows it's gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. So he's he's telling, he's explaining his dream. He's in this carnival, and we're using, I guess it's a tilt shift lens. I should have looked it up. I'm not sure. I thought they just but put it's where, on the corners. You know, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe yes. that's <laughs> maybe that's all they did. But it's cool cinematography. Like now, it's very like high contrast. There's like this mm-hmm. wacky carnival in the dark. Yeah. It's so good. And it's Dutch angles. It was this... scary as shit. Yeah. yeah. Totally very, weird. now it's getting very creepy. There was nothing fun about that fun yeah. house. More light dimming <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And then he goes and there's this Maya, the like cat woman is an attraction at this place. <laughs> the cat people. Yeah. <laughs> and she's 
like the one that's going to kill him or whatever and he's it's, it's going to him waking up and explaining this to, to the doctor and going back and forth he's like yeah I went with her and she forced me to get on this roller coaster. No, wait before that. Whoa, wait, wait, whoa. Okay. Hey, I, told you guys, I told you guys Slow if you want jump in when you want. Okay, here, first here of go. all, before we get into that you dream. You guys got to be careful not to peek this. Oh, sorry. Before we get into that dream, he relates a story about when he was a child, he had a picture of a boat and he used to stare at it. And his mother was like, or his father was like, if mm. you keep staring at that boat, it'll move. And I'm like, okay, so there you go. That's the source of your anxiety. They fucking traumatized you and made you stare at a boat, and there it is. Did you ever look at this picture? I mean, really look at it? I think so. Why? Has it ever moved? No. Not to my knowledge, anyway. I can make it move. Can you? Yes. But not really. When I was a kid, we had a picture like this in our house. Not the same thing exactly, but pretty close. A boat. My mother used to tell me to look at it. She said if I looked at it long enough, it would move. All I had to do was keep looking at it. I didn't believe her, but the idea fascinated me. One night I spent a whole hour just staring at that silly boat. And did it move? Yes. And so he's had anxiety for... They never say anxiety in, in the episode, I don't think. Mm -mm. Which I found interesting because he very clearly, to me, has anxiety. Um, so yeah, he has anxiety for like his entire life. And if he focuses on something too much, he feels like he can make it happen. Or he can make it die. Or he could die. Which is something that really happens when you have anxiety. If you focus on something too much, you feel like your heart racing. and You feel like you can, you can kill yourself, you know? So um, he starts relating this dream to the therapist about uh, being at a carnival. And there's this sideshow that he gets attracted to. And this woman who looks like she came out that movie, The Cat People, comes <laughs> out. And she's wearing, like, classic 40s Wonder Woman, like, cheetah outfit. And then she, uh, <laughs> she does the, the most and least seductive dance i've ever Thank seen you. that's in my notes it's the tiniest movement i've ever seen it's like it's like she's moving like you, her eyes are like this is really turning him on but she's moving so small and then she'll like kind of flash the top of his eye like mm -hmm. ooh. and then she kind of does like a cat rare right it, it she is, didn't even have a garter belt on no. i'm like it betty is, boop did it better come on it is 1959 <laughs> Yeah, but Betty Boop did it better. Like, there was, I mean, think about it. We've already come out of the flapper era. Like, people can move right. their bodies. You have the jitterbug. People can move. Yeah. And she's just like like a robot. Like, oh, is this it? Like, this feels good. <laughs> is this how sexy is yeah. to human beings? <laughs> He's digging it. He's digging it. Yeah. So uh, then he goes out to the back of the uh, carnival exhibit thing, and she's there. And she does the, like, classic femme fatale, like, stick my hand in the frame and light your cigarette thing, which is <laughs> always awesome. I love that. I don't know. I just, I'm a sucker for it. I think it's so cool. And uh, they have a great conversation where she's basically purring words at him. And he's like, well, I'm in a dream, so I can just basically fuck whoever I want. So why the hell not? Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, she's looking like Natalie Portman's stand-in for Black Swan. And then... <laughs> 
I do like that that he's very much lucid dreaming. Yeah, he's very and aware I think that he's dreaming. That's yeah. kind of cool because he has full con. Well, he doesn't have full control over his dream, but he has full like consciousness that right. he's dreaming. So you have that like luxury, mm-hmm. and that continue. Yeah, and he is making choices in the dream. Although at some points he can't control. Like he didn't want to get on the roller coaster, but yeah. he ended up like paying for it and getting on it. Because I think that was all part of her, like her draw. It was like conscious and then also like that male like manipulation like she just took him for a ride yeah literally she did her micro movements and she yeah. seduced him yeah the smallest <laughs> movements are the sexiest hashtag micro movements <laughs> <laughs> so um what am i forgetting then he comes back to reality and talks to the oh, therapist right they, oh the car sequence well even before that they go into that little freak show and she kisses him like aren't you gonna kiss right. me oh my god i have a yeah. note because she says something really like she said, why don't you bring me in there? It's it's soft, cool, and dark in there. And I was like, is she describing the fun house or yeah. is she describing her fun house? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I will say there is a cool part in the fun house. I think this is before he's going to wake up. Mm-hmm. Where it suddenly becomes very ex- expressionistic. Like yeah. The like, not just the camera angles and lighting, but the whole set was yeah. like I wrote- German expressionist. Influence. I wrote Cabinet of Dr. Caligari on I was my just about notes. to say that. Yes, I, exactly <laughs> that. There's a really dope wide shot. Like, I, we got to post that wide shot on Instagram. I'll find it. Yeah. We'll post it on there. It's dope. It was really cool. I was like, this looks familiar. It's like, all right, I've seen this before. And it was also that cool moment where um, there's like the spinning spiral, which is like a big yep. image of the yep. Twilight Zone. Yes. And it was just like right there and the framing was so good. And I was like, oh, sweet. And yes. it was the shooting range of all things. And right. that, and, that's what, and I keep making notes about this because, again, like you start with the elevator. I mean, the, the door that's revolving hypnotic. Now you have the classic like hypnotic swirl, but we're never seeing any actual fucking hypnosis. And I'm getting so frustrated because wow. you keep introducing a theme of somebody being under hypnosis. And we're never seeing any payoff. I didn't I mean, even pick I think up on that. It's just that surrealness. So I, I feel like it's working in that it's making you anxious. That's the idea. Like, I, I, didn't even, like, I didn't even think about that. I like, yeah, that first shot of like tilting up at that building, mm-hmm. and then it goes to him, and then the door yeah. going forever. Like that's all really good points, and it does. Like I remember that stuff mm-hmm. subconsciously. Yeah. Like it did. No, that's interesting. Um, he wakes up. Yes. Oh no, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't wake up. He's still in the doctor's office because he's explaining right, the dream. Right. So he's he's awake this whole time. I think this is the part with the car sequence. Okay, I'm right? skipping the car sequence. Yeah, so you guys can talk about that because I forgot. No, go that? for it. I remember it. <laughs> so there's another. He's basically uh, relaying to the therapist of uh, how if he imagines something hard enough, he can see it, even though he knows it's not there. And so, and there's this car sequence that I just fucking adore. He's in this car. He's going down this fucking david lynch lost highway (laughs) and like the soundtrack is so weird it just felt like so lynchian for a moment there and he's in there and he has this fear that if he looks in his rearview mirror he'll see someone in the back seat ready to strangle him and they do this great fucking like cutting back and forth from the mirror to him and there's nothing in the mirror and i was so fucking tense in this moment Uh i was like oh my god this is killing me and then he looks again, and then all of a sudden, Black Swan shows up in her eyes. My and then he almost crashes. And do it was you, so good. Do you guys suffer so from that fear? Because I do. 
And um, it's ironic because in this, he's talking about driving up Laurel Canyon. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's such a dark canyon. My fear always, like, I guarantee you, I'm going to get in my car tonight and I'm going to be terrified because I'm always thinking I'm going to look in my rearview mirror and see a face. So when he starts oh, yeah. talking about this, yes. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, we're going down. Yeah. This, this is happening. It totally terrifies yeah. me. That's, a, that's really, it's a really disturbing. No, I'm just like, when I yeah. think about it, it's so <laughs> effective, though, like. Just the technical aspect of this entire episode, I was so impressed by it. Like the, the staging, the dollies, the camera movement. I loved every technical aspect of this episode. Yeah, I, I, I did too. Yeah. But even there's like some just simple close ups of him, but mm-hmm. he's so. He, he was good at playing that yeah, part. Yeah, Richard like, Conti, yeah. man. Um, do you know how he died? I do not. In real life? Please tell me. Heart attack. Whoa. Foreshadowing. Go. Fuck. Spoiler <laughs> So. If the ghost of Richard Conti wants to come on the podcast, <laughs> please contact us. <laughs> so he finishes explaining all this stuff to the doctor. The doctor says, I don't know what. But he goes out and the secretary is there typing away. Mm-hmm. And the secretary is, it's Maya from his dreams. Maya, the cat woman that's trying to kill him. And he's just like. Holy shit, it's you. I feel it's like we're you. skipping more. We're skipping the roller coaster. <laughs> we talked to, you guys talked about the roller coaster. Not fully. Oh my god, okay. The roller coaster <laughs> sequence was so good. Oh my god. All right, I'm so. going to I'm going to be quiet for the rest of this and I'll talk about why why you didn't I like this like episode, episode so. Yeah. So I'm just going to sit back and get drunk. Oh my god. I also have a note um that the main actor Richard Conti reminded me of like a bargain basement Bogart, like I could see Humphrey Bogart playing that role. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, hashtag bargain basement Bogart. Um so that roller coaster sequence, I fucking loved it. I'm a huge fan of rear projection. You put fucking actors in the fucking in front of a rear projection and I'm I'm already in. I thought the shots were great. I thought the the, the tension was great. The cutting was great. I mean, well, what did you I feel think for me, I wasn't even paying attention to the technical element of it because I was so taken by the conversation they had. Because so she's basically, and she's this like manifest of his mind, mm-hmm. and she's fighting with him. Like, no, he's he's like I can't, because he keeps talking about he can't have one more shock. He right. keeps calling it his shock. If I have one more shock, then that's it. There's no more waking up. And he, they're on this one because like I can't do it. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get too scared. And she's like, No, you're not. It's a dream. You can do whatever you want. It's not real. Essentially, is her whole point. So he's basically, if, if she's a version of his subconscious, he's fighting with it. And so I thought that was really interesting because she's trying to convince, like, I never, like, I get that he's coming from the point of view that she's trying to kill him, but my perception of it was, like, dude, it's that part of your brain telling you to relax, you know, fucking live your life and just do something without always being terrified it's going to kill you. Mm, She tried to free him. She tried to free him. A sexy little cat. (laughs) That's the best that his subconscious could come up with. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting because she is framed as the villain of the piece. And then if you really look at it and mm-hmm. listen to it, she is kind of, she's trying to free him. Well, because I think if you have anxiety, the worst thing you can tell someone with anxiety is to calm down. Oh my God, it doesn't work. Please stop. Exactly. <laughs> but I think like we villainize those people, even though genuinely they're trying to help. Yeah. So I think he's just manifested this like, you know, Catwoman villain. When really, it's just that part of his brain that's like, dude, it doesn't have to be that bad. Like, yeah. take a chill pill. She was like, enjoy this roller coaster ride. Enjoy my fun house. Yeah. I mean, it's a dream. Like, do what you want. And he was still like, nope, too pent up, too can't, nope, can't do it, can't do it. My heart, my heart, my heart. So, 
Does the yeah. roller coaster represent life? We don't know. Ooh, life has its ups and downs. That <laughs> <laughs> was so horrible. I hate myself. <laughs> Okay, I let you ride into that trap. You just Malia, I took that bait so fast. <laughs> you are, you are a god, a king amongst men, Malia. Tell me something I don't know. She led me right into the dark funhouse, and I just fucking killed myself. I am myself. the sexy cat me. <laughs> I just killed I myself Maya. on a roller coaster. <laughs> All right, what are we skipping in this episode? I'm sure there's more parts, right? I feel no, like now I we're back in. Now we're back in the. Now we're back in the office. Yes, okay, yeah. Finally yeah. we are back in the office. So so <laughs> I can over, so I can now talk about how he walks out yes. and he sees the secretary and it's Maya the catwoman typing <laughs> right away now. and he's like, It's you, you're here to get me. Uh, and he like runs back into the office and she's like, What the fuck are you? Right. And so he just jumps out the window oh, fuck that moment. to yeah, fuck his death. And they're like, that. Oh my god, oh my god. And then oh, lights dim, they come back up. And what do we see? He's there sitting on the couch still. And Christopher Nolan. And then the dude, the um, doctor guy, is like, hey, I forgot her name. Secretary lady. Yeah, literally just call her secretary. Yeah, hey, secretary. I forgot her name. Sorry. Hey, his girl Friday. Hey, do I don't, I, he doesn't call her Maya. Do any of you guys no, remember her, her name? Maya. It definitely wasn't Maya. No. All right. It was uh, Girl Friday. There we go. <laughs> sure. So they're like, oh, what happened? He's like, yeah, come in here. And they're so nonchalant, so flatlined. He's, right. he's just like feel, feeling yeah. his pulse, like he died. <laughs> he's dead. Don't and she panic just, or anything. Yeah, she's just like, oh no, yeah. Well, at least he went peacefully. Yeah. So <laughs> hashtag unbothered. unbothered. Hashtag well, unbothered. Well done, Rudy. She was like, "What happened?" He's like, "It's like heart attack." He's like. Probably. Yeah. That's he, what that scream you heard. He was. laid on the sofa yeah, that's and then the, he just he's just he, yeah. He laid down and a couple seconds later he was asleep yeah, and then he and screamed and looking and at his dead. corpse. And they're just like yeah, and they just do not give a shit. They're no. so again hashtag unbothered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really Prize that. I'm afraid he's dead. But he came in just a minute ago. I, I know. When he came in, I told him to sit down and he did. Less than two seconds, he was asleep. Then he gave that scream you heard. Heart attack? Probably. Well, I guess there are worse ways to go. At least he died peacefully. Um, and he's just like, well, and this is the part that, like, this is when it gets good. That's, this is the part that bums me out. It's just like, well, at least he went peacefully. Not knowing that this dude like suffered right. and like lived through this whole little Deeply. adventure yeah. of this shit and died really jumping out a fucking window. And there's that great uh, exit by Rod Serling where he talks about that how like real life is a second and the dream can yeah. be this long and mm-hmm. this dude just got tortured. It's such a shame. Which is weird because that was the fifties and like now people are saying that they think that's what happens when you're about to die and your body releases the DMT uh hormone or molecule, whatever it is. And you have your whole life flash before your eyes. Right. That takes place in like that moment before you die. That's insane. Right. Your body yeah, releases yeah. that that uh, DMT. Like time stands still. Yeah. So that's so funny yeah. that Serling was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna write this a couple of years before that." Right. I mean, well, I guess that's dreams in general, though, right? You can do a lot of shit in a dream, and really, it could be just like a 30 minute nap. That's true. To, yeah. You know I feel mean? exhausted as fuck. Well, I think, and that was another thing that I was kind of hoping this episode would play with was that idea of dreams. Because I think, like, just every day, 
the idea of sleep to me is so fucking bizarre. Like, we have these rooms that we go lay horizontal in for, like, X amount of hours. <laughs> and then we our minds project us into these weird scenarios. And we're not talking about it. We're just like, it's, it's normal. It's like, it's not fucking normal. Like, I get that it's normal. <laughs> but it's not normal what we're doing or we're living this other life. Like, what what is a dream? Like, I get it scientifically. But it's I wanted to play in that realm so much more of this idea of, like, our, like what dimension are we on like are we still you know what i mean like i yeah. want to yeah, go yeah. deeper into that that dream bullshit well there's i feel like there's <laughs> dream no, bullshit. <laughs> no, i feel you it's like is is the dream the reality and this is the dream like there's so many right. questions behind that. what's that moment no, in inception he, where they go into that basement where they're doing like the bootleg sort of inception stuff and uh, the guy says that the people come there so that they can dream. Yeah, because that's become that's become their so reality. Because yeah. they've been in it so long, right. that's what they. The real world doesn't even make yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, to them. and that that movie tackles that stuff down really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Emily, if you haven't seen Waking Life by Richard Linklater, oh, so good. Waking I have Life. Not. That, that's really that's a movie. It's kind of like slacker, but all about dreaming and lucid yeah. dreaming and oh, all boy. that. It's very like stream of consciousness. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's very good. It's it's. I feel like it's a philosophy movie. It's, it is. It's literally, it it's, is. it's like different lessons on philosophy it from is. scene to scene. Different characters. Um, yeah, really good, really good. Yeah. Um, so that happens. And yeah, now he's dead. <laughs> that all happened. Now, now he's dead. Now, I think this is cool that this came out when it did because, you know, this is pre-Nightmare on Elm Street, you right. know, which, which is the same shit, you know. And, and this is stuff that's happened. Like, Wes Craven was inspired to do Nightmare on Elm Street based on a news article he wrote from, I forgot what country, but where this kid kept telling everybody, like, there's someone trying to kill him in his dreams, someone's trying to kill him, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he fell asleep and he died in his sleep. And then they found, like, a coffee maker in his closet and, like, all these drugs to keep him away. And that's where that... Uh, that that was the... the I had no idea. Wow, me Yeah, so that that really happened to someone. And he read read this news article and then he's like, oh... Nightmare on Elm Street became like he made a movie out of that idea. I love that idea so much more now. Yeah, that's tenfold. Really great. Just well, yeah, because yeah. it's it's that happened. That first movie yeah. is yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street and Nightmare on Elm Street Three Dream. I Warriors. love Three Dream Warriors, mm. but I do love how serious one is. Like, it's very straightforward. It's very scary. Yeah. It's not goofy. He's not really doing puns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's and it's yeah. like, hey, this guy was a child killer child rapist yeah i think the first movie they say rapist and then the, the later ones they say child killer i, I feel like i don't think so i think they cut it out of the first one too i know at some point they did change it so that yeah. they don't say that he was a yeah. child molester outright because it was a little too hot to handle i guess mm-hmm. oh child killer's better okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> he only killed I, him he didn't touch him uh, apparently <laughs> apparently that's an interesting point for another time yeah <laughs> when we do our nightmare <laughs> on elm street podcast we can we can tackle that one yeah well that's cool that just shows that great art can come from just anywhere in life like just yeah, keep your great. eyes open keep your fucking satellites open as an artist and, and you'll pick up on shit yeah for sure yeah so are we gonna go back to reality or do we have anything else to talk about in this episode i have nothing else to say mm-hmm. you had no you had zero notes <laughs> for this right? all right dude i'll tell you my notes right now okay here we go Anxious scene and music to open as he watches everyone enter exit a revolving door. Maya is trying to kill him. Dream cinematography is cool. When they go in the funhouse or whatever, it looks very expressionistic. Good use of dimmers. These are the weakest notes I've taken. 
Oh, here's the best one. The doctor and receptionist don't seem to give a shit that Hall died in his office. Ha ha. <laughs> Quote, at least he went peacefully. Quote, but really he suffered and died. It's better than my notes for episode 10, which says, boring. Ending reveal is <laughs> no, cool. I got some good I tried. Episode 10, I have Bargain Basement Peter Lorre and Bargain Basement Steve Zissou <laughs> from The Life Aquatic. Yeah, I, I thought Peter Lorre too. That's yeah, funny. I, okay, my we'll favorite note from episode 10, can I just say it right now? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? Calm down, sketchy-ass alien man. <laughs> i don't know where i'm from yeah. i don't okay anyway that we'll yeah. talk about that in a future episode oh man okay uh i wanted to note that i love the fucking sound effects the sound design in this episode the score i just mm. i found it very effective the close-ups agreed oh we both love that whip pan yes oh fuck yep. yeah it was a whip pan from like where did it come? It went from like the painting, the, the, the boat picture, the boat picture to his close yeah, up of his yeah. face. Right. It was just so unexpected and so well done. I really loved it. It was a big whip pan. Like yeah. we took the entire scope of the room <laughs> and laid back on his, his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, it was slick. It was real slick. Real All slick. the camera moves in this episode were great. All the dollars, yep. the push ins were so good, so good. And I feel like this might. Oh, you could fight me, but this might be the best directed episode so far of the season. I don't know if I was as impressed with the direction you know, of the other episodes as much as this one. Maybe. I feel like this one, in terms of directing and shot choices, definitely conveyed more information than the other episodes yeah. so far. Because I remember liking bits of the uh, like it, the end part, like the third act of the other episodes. But it also does... I mean, it leaves more room for that. Because this dude... This is a dream within a dream, right? It's him dreaming right. that he's explaining this dream. And then wakes up after. So there, there, there's a lot of opportunity to have that like weird focus and Dutch right. angles and expressionist stuff and light dimming to convey that he's sleeping and these close-ups and these, again, these like hypnotic shots of objects and all that. Like, right. Yeah, I, I, I guess I w what I'm saying is I don't think it's necessarily better because there's definitely some good direction in the other ones, but this leaves more opportunities because yeah. it's a dream and a dream it struck mm. more of my buttons that i like artistically that's yeah. probably what it was <clears throat> and it's kind of a two-hander really well not it's kind of a two-hander plus two other people so it's a four-hander <laughs> fireworks all right perfect great so does this episode hold up in 2018 for you back guys? to reality ladies and gentlemen it's time for us to get back to reality Okay. Well, we know what you okay. think. <laughs> well, what do I th what do I think, Kidar? I think you think it doesn't hold up story-wise, but you like the technical aspects of it. I think I think it does. <gasps> what? As I said, decades later, like th this is still a very real thing. I mean, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. It's that real life shit that happened. It's Inception. It's th there's still content being made based off this idea of of dreams and yeah so so it does hold up because there's still like a, fuck i'm tripping up it does hold up because there's still people tackling this subject and even malia mm. asked the question of like what is dream and this and that and we can start a whole podcast all about that shit right mm -hmm. so this is something that i think is forever and also yeah technically fuck yeah it holds up yeah. fuck yeah it's dope so, yes, it does hold up today, in my opinion. 
I was bored. I was a little checked out. Bummer. But I think the it holds up still, regardless. I knew you were going to say all that because I had dreamt it last night. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Shit. Shit, big baby. <laughs> I agree that the themes hold up. The thing that I am still... The one piece that doesn't fit to me is why... If this is the first time he has visited this therapist's office, and mind you, he probably just doodled on in to this office, not taking much time to check out the secretary. Why is she his perception of the villain? Like, you know, why is she the one that manifested? Because I feel like there's no situation in time in which he would have spent enough time with her to, like, really have a clear image of her to be that freaked out when he looks out and sees her. That didn't make any sense to me. Well, no, it's because that part where he sees her isn't reality. That's already, that's still the dream. No, but he had to see her on the way into the therapist's office, didn't he? She's the secretary outside the door. Theoretically, but I guess we are in that dream But then again, remember at that point, he's still awake. So and maybe so she's the last could, female so face could, he saw yeah, before exactly, he went to his subconscious. Exactly. So okay. Just because he was awake. When he was awake when he goes in there. Uh huh. Barely. He sees her. Yeah. He he sits on the couch immediately. KOs because he's been a, awake for days on end. Right. True. And like, yeah, that's the last okay. image he sees. So that's what he's projecting. Okay. Is this, right. It's like when you watch a horror movie and you go to sleep and you have that like yeah. fucking flashback. That's, that's true. All right, All right. I'll buy that. In that case, <laughs> I feel like this does hold up because of the themes. And it's funny that you kept mentioning anxiety because what I was feeling from it, I was getting it, but that word didn't come to me. And now I like it more thinking of it. It's like before we started calling PTSD, PTSD. Right. It's this kind of before we attributed a word to a syndrome, so to speak. And we're really seeing a very accurate portrayal in a really interesting way of what it's like to deal with anxiety given in heightened circumstances of having a heart condition and thinking you're going to die and not sleeping for four days. But in that case, I do think that I would love, I would actually love, I don't really like remakes, but I would love to see a, a modern day version of this, of this mm. episode. I'd really, really interested to see what they would do with that. Pay attention, Jordan Peele. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because like when we watch old war movies, they always and the people come back all fucked up. They always yeah. say, "Oh, he's just a little funny from the war, or he's mm-hmm. just a little shell shocked, little shell shocked, or yeah. you know, oh, he just got a little rattled." And it's like, no, this person is suffering mm-hmm. from post traumatic stress disorder. Like their lives are irrevocably damaged. Um, do you think it holds up, Kidar? Uh, for me, yes, because there were moments in there where I saw things that I have had trouble with and so i was very connected to this uh bargain basement bogart Uh, (laughs) the rotating door thing like i've spent so much time in my life just like avoiding those fucking rotating doors um the looking down from a high window looking down the street and that that weird kind of it's a long way down thing like the vertical effect almost which they didn't do the vertical effect in this episode but i still i felt that when i saw that shot yeah um so i had that um the idea of like focusing on something too much that you would make it happen i i have a lot of that when i'm traveling in a like vehicle and it's going too fast for my comfort Mm. and then i start imagining how it would crash or like how we would bump into another car or something 
And then I panic because I feel like if I think about that too much that it would happen. Like an yeah. energy so, thing. Like, yeah, like, like I'm going to like yeah, yeah. put this in the universe and then it's going to make it happen. So it's like, I it was a lot of stuff in the episode that I was really can you with. Can you imagine us doing an episode a month from now where Belching Beaver sends us their newest shit and like some t-shirts and sponsorships? If I'm going to use my like witch that. powers for that, why don't I just imagine us with a fucking billion dollars in our bank accounts? There you go. <laughs> Aim higher. Yeah. <laughs> Belching beaver, I'm imagining because, you sponsoring Because manifesting this, is bullshit, that's why. No, Rudy, because it's manifesting the secret. Is you don't know the secret. Get your fucking vision board ready, okay? <laughs> I'm going to teach you a thing or two. I'm going to make you a vision board for Christmas. Yes, I'm going to make you a vision board with vision boards on it so that wow. you can envision having a vision board. Yeah, I made a vision board for a minute, man, and look at me now. <laughs> is, this you, what, wait, is this what you envision? No, it's not. That's the point. <laughs> Not and at it all. It just got real. <laughs> Not at what all. What if you made a vision board for like the worst aspect of your life, and then you just lived it, and you were like, "Mission complete." There you I go. made a vision board. That's a low. <laughs> now I'm low homeless. Bar. <laughs> Shit. This podcast has gone off the rails. <laughs> Belching Beaver, me. Digital Bath. <laughs> what a great song. Fuck. Oh, I love the Deftones. Perfect. All right. I think that's that. All right, so that's us wrapping up uh, Season 1, Episode 9 of the original run of The Twilight Zone with the episode entitled Perchance to Dream. Is that a Shakespeare reference? I feel like it's a Shakespeare reference. I wouldn't I think know. It is. You it couldn't pay is. me to know I'm that. I feel sure like it's it a Macbeth thing or something. Prob- oh, probably. I, don't know. I might scroll to Wikipedia and find that out. Anywho, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your listener letter. Please join us next time for our next episode which is entitled Judgment Night. Yo, so here's a couple here's a couple situations here. I've already finished the podcast though. Yo. So this was the first <laughs> Twilight episode that was not written by Rod Serling. Oh, good point. And the title of the episode and the Charles Beaumont written short story that inspired it is taken from mm. William Shakespeare's Hamlet's To Be or Not Hamlet. To Be Speech. To sleep perchance to dream, I there's the rub. Aye, oh. there's the rub. The very next line, for in that sleep of death, what dreams may come. Oh, probably the basis of that movie, Robin Williams, What yeah. Dreams May Come. Was used by fellow The Twilight Zone writer Richard Matheson, who also <gasps> I wrote I Am Richard Legend, Madison. right? Yeah, I Am Legend. Yeah, he wrote Button Button. Why'd wrote... you have to kill the dog? That was... <laughs> <laughs> that was so real. <laughs> Shit just got real. Yeah, that... <laughs> Richard Matheson's like a fucking Twilight Zone legend. As the title of the novel slash movie, What Dreams May Come. Yeah, I got really sad when Sam the dog died. And he was singing at that Bob Marley song as he held it and had yeah. the snap and slipping Guys, what are we talking about? I Am Legend? We're talking about I Am Legend, the movie. Oh, I don't know if I the don't dog dies in the book. anything from that movie except for the digital deer. I don't know if the dog dies in the book. Hopefully. Anyway. Did you ever see uh, the original movie for I Am Legend, the Charlton Heston Omega Man? I have not. It's Nor have cool. I seen the Vincent Price one that came before that. Which one was that one? Was it the Omega Man also? Last Man on Earth. Oh, I never I saw that. The, there's a Vincent Price version, then the yes. Omega okay, Man. Okay, so Last Man on Earth leads into Omega Man, which begets I Am Legend. Yes. Okay. And then even Not at a Living Dead credits I Am Legend as being a huge influence. Oh, interesting. Mm, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that movie really holds up. I watched it recently. Not Again. a Living Dead? Yeah. Fuck yeah, it's dude. It's like timeless. Yeah. Not, yeah. Oh, man. It's, really it's so. Let's talk about Not a Living Dead. All right, we need to start another podcast. <laughs> Traveling to another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, 
journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are only that of the imagination. You're entering the Twilight Zone. Thanks for listening to the Tipsy Serling Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Tipsy Serling. You can find us on Instagram, Tipsy Serling underscore podcast. Or you can send us an email at thetspod at gmail.com.